turn your Bible to Revelation 19, please. We're going to be studying chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, but a little glimpse of 19 in light of what happened in training tonight. <clears throat> We're heading for the last roundup. We're heading for something exciting that's going to happen in the days ahead. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Revelation 19, 7. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready. His wife is a church, believers. To her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the, white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. He saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. He saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open, behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness does he judge and make war. Now turn back to Revelation 8. We're coming to the near close of Earth's little while. The next great event that will happen prophetically is found in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Heard a voice, the door of heaven opened, the voice said, Come up hither. And John was transported to heaven, symbolizing the rapture of the saints. From then on through Revelation, the word church does not appear because the church is in heaven. In Revelation 1 and 2 and 3, the church is mentioned many times. In Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st and 3rd John, Jude, church is mentioned. When you get to chapter 4 of Revelation, it's not mentioned anymore. Why? A lot of people that don't understand how to interpret Revelation have a hard time with that. The reason they don't, it's not mentioned more is because the church isn't here. God takes it out. That's the next great event. It could happen any hour, any day, any moment, any time. Christ is coming in the air for his own. We'll be taken out. Left here on the earth will be those who have heard the gospel and have not believed. Those who have never heard the gospel and have not believed. There'll be a big, big division. I think, and this is just conjecture, I think whoever's in charge of the United Nations, they'll call an emergency meeting and they'll devise some explanation as to why everybody disappeared. They'll probably say some rocket ship came or some madman took them all to some island term, they all committed suicide. They come up with some silly thing like that. The real thing is we'll be gone. We'll be in heaven. If you're saved, you'll be part of that bride. Amen. If you're not saved, you'll be left here. Then, 
in Revelation 4 and 5, the songs they sing in heaven. Wonderful songs. The line of the tribe of Judah prevailed to open the seals, the seals that were to reveal what was going to happen in the last part of earth's pilgrimage. Then we come to chapter 6, a quick panoramic view of all that's going to happen the rest of time. Then in chapter 7, the 144,000 are sealed. Who are these? Well, one group says they belong to the, to the uh, Seventh-day Adventists. They're the 144,000. Jehovah's Witnesses think they're the 144,000. If you listen to the Bible, the Bible tells us clearly who they were. They were from the 12 tribes of Israel. You can't get any plainer than that. The Bible just explicitly says they're from the 12 tribes of Israel. They're not Gentiles. They're not the church. They're from the 12 tribes of Israel. And their ministry is to go out and tell the gospel. In the Old Testament time, the gospel didn't come through the church. It came through the Jews. In the New Testament, the gospel came through the church. When the church is gone, God's going to seal 144,000 of the Jews, 12,000 from each of the tribes, and they're going to tell the gospel to those that are left, mainly to those who have never heard. Here comes the storm. We knew it was coming. It hadn't come just like we know the second coming of Christ is coming. It will come one day. Well, the storm has come. Don't let it bother you. If you can't hear me, I'll talk louder into this thing. Now, there's coming a day when the judgments of God will begin to occur in the earth. In chapter 8, verse 1, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour, 30 minutes. Why? If you look at chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, you'll see why. There's such shock at what's going to happen on the earth. Terrible cataclysmic events will occur. They have the seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, the seven vile or bull judgments, each one leading into the other, each one more severe than the other. Look at them for just a moment or two. In chapters 8 and 9, the seven trumpet judgments. We won't have time to read all of them tonight, but look at verse 7. First angel sounded, there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. In verse 8, the second angel, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. Third part of the sea became blood. Third part of the creatures that were in the sea had life died third part of the ships were destroyed. Notice in each of these judgments, just a third part are taken out. Why? Because of the mercy of God. You know why God has not brought judgment on the world already? He's long-suffering. He's kind. He's good. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like trims, they shall be as wool. When you give your heart to Jesus, God's, the blood of Jesus Christ washes white your sins 
So when God looks, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood of Christ. But those who do not have the blood covering are marked. Now, look at verse 12. The fourth angel sounded, third part of the sun was smitten. Third part of the moon, third part of the stars. So the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not as a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets of the three angels which are yet to sound. Three severe woes. But notice who they're, who's in danger. The inhabitants of the earth. <clears throat> Those who know the Lord are sojourners. Almost everyone in this room tonight is a sojourner. This world's not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angel beckoned me from heaven's open door. I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We're on our way home. But those who are not saved, and listen, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you're an so, inhabitor of the earth. This says, woe to the inhabitors, those who have rejected Christ. Woe, woe, woe. And the next chapters deal with that. Chapter 9, the fifth trumpet, fifth angel sounded. I saw another star fall, fall from heaven. Him was given the key of the bottomless pit. He opened the bottomless pit. There was a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened. Now, keep in mind that in the book of Revelation, there are many symbols. Years and years ago, when I worked with the whole mission board, I had a, an assignment in New Mexico. And uh, those who speak Spanish, believe this or not, I'd taken high school Spanish and college Spanish, got out, couldn't speak Spanish, where I could read it. So I went to those Spanish-speaking people in New Mexico and read from the Spanish Bible and spoke in broken English, and people got saved. It was amazing to me. While I was there, I visited Carlsbad Caverns, and I heard this story. Jim White was a cowboy who was riding through New Mexico one day, he saw a great smoke come out of a, out of a pit. And he looked, as he got closer, he found out it was not smoke, it was bats. Thousands and thousands of bats coming up. He said he went the next day, saw the same thing. Next day he saw the same thing. He got curious. Finally, he got some people to help him. He went down in that hole and found the Carlsbad Caverns that had been there all those years Nobody had ever discovered him. The bats looked like smoke coming out. This scripture says, looks like smoke coming out of the bottom of the pit. I'm conjecturing a little bit. I think what that is, is false teachings and vain babblings that are going to fill this earth. We're facing a lot of it right now. Everywhere you go, Somebody has some kind of different doctrine. It's coming a different understanding of the Bible. Be very careful about that. It says here that these were like locusts. 
Only the locusts didn't eat anything green. Locusts always eat green. So in all probability, the locusts were a symbol of something else. Hurt not the grass nor the earth, neither green thing, but only those men who have not the seal of God in their foreheads. So whatever they were, they could not hurt those who had the seal of God in their foreheads. Now I'm going to say to you, if you have the seal of God in your forehead, we don't have that right now, but if you have the seal of God in your heart and you really know the Lord, all the doctrines in the world that are false will not get into your mind. I had a lady call me one time, I think I've told you this before, and she said, would you come and see me? I went to see her. She was a member of our church. And she said, I've been studying with such and such a group, and they tell me this and this and this and this and this. And she said, I don't understand the truth about it. She said, I never heard that before. I said, you know why you don't hear, you've never heard that before? She said, well, I don't know. Well, I've never, I said, you never come to Sunday school? You never come to train union? I said, we talk about this all the time in train union. She said, never heard about it. Well, how did you hear about it now? Oh, they've been coming to my house and studying with me. I've been studying with them. She'd become one of them without realizing what they were. Thank God she got out of it. I want to tell you, when you allow yourself to be overcome with false doctrine, it's because you don't know the true doctrine. When you know Jesus and the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart in power, there'll be a rejection of false doctrine. You can't take it. It'll make you sick. You'll want to call somebody to find out what's going on. That's happened several times in these past years. Okay, now let's look else. Look at verse 13. Chapter 9, verse 13. Six angels sounded. I heard the voice of, from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which sounded, Loose the four angels which are bound in the river, great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, and a month, and a year to slay the third part of men. Again, just the third part, not everybody. The number of the army of the horsemen was 200,000. If I figure right, that's 200 million. It's a lot of people. Big, big army. Do you know there's some nations in the world today that have 200 million in their army? And they're coming across the Euphrates River, headed south toward Israel. Israel. In the book of Romans, Paul asked this question, hath God cast away his people God forbid. He is not through with the Jew. Keep that in mind. Those who say there's nothing about the Jew in the old, in the last days, they don't know the Bible. The Jews are God's chosen people. They always have been. That doesn't mean he chooses them above us, but what I'm saying, when the church is taken out, the gospel will come to the world through the 144,000 Jews. They're going to be telling the gospel. Look down at verse 20. 
The rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, he repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and so on, which neither can see nor neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. A whole catalog of sins. Then we come to chapter 10. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud and a rainbow about his head. His face was as it were the sun, his feet as a pillar of fire. He had in his hand a little book. He sat on, set his right hand upon the sea, his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. When he cried, seven thunders uttered. The seven thunders had uttered their voices. I was about to write. I heard the voice of, from heaven saying, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. So John was not permitted to write the seven thunders message. The angel was saw standing upon the sea and upon the land, the earth, lift up his hand to heaven and swore by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are therein and the earth and the things that are therein and the sea and the things that are therein that there should be time no longer. And what that phrase means is delay no longer. In other words, God is through with delay. Right now, he's put his hand up. It's almost like a dam that blocks the flow of judgment. One day that dam's going to be moved and judgment will flow grossly into the world. Verse 8, the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, go and take the little book. Verse 10, I took the little book out of the angel's hand, ate it up. It was in my mouth sweet as honey. As soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. What does that mean? It means that some things sound good, but when we digest them, they're not good for us. You think for a moment. Have you ever eaten th something you thought tasted really good and later on made you sick? That's what this is a picture of. It sounds good, it tastes good in my mouth, but later it makes me sick. That's what these judgments are going to do to people. They sound good, but they're going to make you deathly sick. Now, we come to chapter 12 and 13. Well, let me, let me go into chapter 11 for just a moment. Look at verse 3. I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Turn your Bible back to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4 beginning in verse 1. Who are, these, who are these two witnesses? Who are the two olive trees? The angel that talked with me came again and walked and wake me as a man that wakened out of his deep sleep. He said to me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl on top of it, and seven lamps therein, and seven pipes, and seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. Two olive trees by it, 
one upon the right side of the bull and the other on the right side, the left side. So Anderson spake to the angels, what are these, my Lord? The angels said, do you not know what these are? Verse six, he said, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord. Now skip over to verse 11, chapter Zechariah 4, 11. Then answered I and said, and what are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side? And I answered and said, what be these two olive branches which through, the, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? He answered me and said, knowest thou not what these are? I said, nay, my Lord. Then he said, these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. So what happens in, Zachari- in Revelation 11 is foretold in Zechariah 4. And these two olive trees are two witnesses. Some have thought they may be Moses and Elijah. Others have thought they may be Elijah and Enoch, two men that never died. Moses died and was buried. The book of Jude tells a strange story about Michael and the devil prevailing and dealing over the body of Moses. It looks like Moses had an early resurrection. And you recall the Mount Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah were there. An early resurrection. One day you and I are going to have spiritual bodies like Moses and Elijah had on the Mount Transfiguration. We don't have that yet. I think my time is up. I'll have to continue next week, but let me remind you, this scripture says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. God will accomplish what he does by his spirit. Now, chapter 11, notice these two witnesses preach, they tell the world what God wants them to hear, then they're killed. Their bodies lie in the streets of Jerusalem for three days. Then God brings them back to life, they ascend to heaven. Then the seventh trumpet sounds, verse 15, notice God is about to take control. Seventh angel sounded and said, there was a great voice in heaven saying, <coughs> the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord of his Christ and he shall reign he shall reign forever and ever God is going to take charge again our time is up tonight wish I could go on my voice is very weak thank you for praying for me pray that I'll be able to speak with clarity again Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you for the word of God and all of its authority and power. We pray that the Holy Spirit will guide our thinking. Help us understand what you're saying in the book. May we know that there's coming a day when judgment will be given to those who have mistreated the people of God. That cry of the saints, O Lord, how long? How long? And we join them by saying, How long, O Lord, ere we shout the glad song, Christ returneth. We know he's coming. Help us to be ready for him at his coming. We pray that if there's one person here tonight, and maybe there are many, 
who do not know Christ, maybe even church members, never really been saved. Oh God, move in their hearts. Don't let any of these people be lost, go down into hell forever. I pray that somebody will come to Christ even tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. Just as I am without one plea, 167 in your book, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come, I come to thee. Would you come to the Lord tonight, just as you are? Don't say no to him. Invite him into your heart. If you're saved, make it public. Don't hide it under a bushel. Don't put your light under a stand so nobody can see it. In the economy of God, there are no secret disciples. They're all open. Do what God says to do. While we sing and while we pray, will you come?